A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello. Um, hi, we're the Hotbed Collective and we're making the world better one orgasm at a time. Um, we're, this is episode three, which is just relaxing won't actually make me pregnant. I'm Anarchy Somerville. I'm Lisa Williams. Oh, and today I'm Kelly Ford, Book of Mum. Yeah, and Kelly, you're actually our surprise guest this week surprise. Um, because Cherry's off filming she's probably standing in galoshes somewhere in a factory up to her knees in fish guts um, <laughs> and Kelly I think it'd be really good if you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself well I'm Kelly Ford I'm a comedian presenter and I have a little blog called Book of Mum which is kind of musings of Life as a mother, comedian and presenter. Um, I do little things on Soho Radio and I'm delighted to be back in bed with the Hotbed Collective because we had a wonderful menage a quatre oh. Oh. Um, at the live event. You were such a natural in that. Um, I'm trying to remember what you were wearing, actually. What was Kelly wearing? Oh, well, none other than the shirt that her father oh. wore to the opening of Stringfellows in the 70s. It was, it was, it was yeah. quite a 70s Lisa. number with quite large lapels. <laughs> Harry Hill style. It was. I looked like Harry Hill and it was very sexy. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming. Um, we're very, very happy. And also, if you hear slurpy noises, Kelly's not sucking on Lisa's breast. It's actually baby Jo. Um, Unfortunately. It's a little bit of breastfeeding session. So you might hear oh, so a lovely. Baby Joe's here. He's having a little feed, and then he's. Have you heard of Footlights? So he's made it into Footlights at Cambridge, and he's really? working, working on a few skits. So <laughs> don't mind him; he'll be well he's entertained. Storing it all up. Yes. Um, so this week, I mean, it sounds a bit of a downer, ladies, because we're going to be talking about infertility, which is a huge thing. Um, and interestingly, it's something that people are talking about quite a lot on social media now. I think it was something that people used to be quite secretive about mm. whether they were having IVF or not. Um, now, I think it's a really good thing that people are, you know, talking about their stories. Um, it's something that I've been through as well. And one of the things I just sort of wanted to talk a little bit about is the fact that the sort of the trying for a baby is it's quite demoralizing. It's quite soul destroying. Mm. And it actually does something really weird to sex. So sex goes from something that's quite fun and pleasurable. And I think you start off on that journey thinking this is quite good. We're going to we're going to nail this. This is going to happen quite quickly. And then it very quickly descends into sort of having to use ovulation tests, monitor your discharge, uh, take your temperature, do sort of have sex at very specific times of, of the month. 
Um, and it, it, I, I kind of think it kills the sex vibe. Well, I just think the phrase trying is actually really trying mm. because I think it kind of assumes that you're not succeeding at mm. the act. And actually, it's something that kind of, I think, assumes that you're not doing it properly. Mm. So, I mean, I think the use of kind of apps and the digital tests kind of put you into a situation where you have to force sex into certain windows in the month. Otherwise, you are not going to succeed at the challenge of making a baby. Mm. And it and it just becomes a little more pressured and the kind of, honey, I'm ovulating, you need to get home at 10 past two, um, as opposed to that natural, free-flowing, loving sex that normally creates a baby. Mm. I do have a theory that if you have very loving sex, mutually... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Pleasurable sex. Mm. That that is when the baby making happens. And actually, the kind of stressed, instigated, small windows dictated by an app or a stick can actually create a stressful kind of sex mm, which doesn't always make a baby I don't think it's the kind of paradox of it though isn't it because you know you're kind of meant to relax and everyone sort of tells you to relax because that's the best way to have a baby is not to think about having a baby and relax but it's that age old thing of saying you know don't think of a big red elephant running through the bedroom and, mm. and you do so do doctors do medical experts say just relax is it like a hormonal thing that relaxing I know obviously relaxing during sex creates oxytocin and this sort of lovely loving environment but does that lead to um bingo the big bingo well there are there's lots of sort of myths around um conception I think one of the ones I've read quite a lot and heard from people was certainly orgasming does make a difference Mm. and I think initially when you're in that very first stage people are likely to say why don't you just go away and relax and have some good sex um, and see what happens? And you go, why don't you shut the fuck up and leave me alone? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The f- I remember the beginning of our trying journey. We were on kind of a honeymoon in Mauritius, um, Maldives, in a 
hut overlooking the sea and there was this hot tub and we were both trying to sort of squish into it. <laughs> it was like a human Jenga meets. to stay in one of those. And I mean, the most awkward position. And I tell you what, if we had a secret camera, <laughs> it would have sold millions on YouTube. And... Uh, and it was just the most, and, and I said, should we have a glass of one Prosecco? And it was just the most stressful kind of um, ears and toes were getting congulated. It was very, mm. co- very stressful, actually. I hope you were wearing a Veruca sock because these things can be very unhygienic. Yeah. Is that the hot tub? Yeah, the hot tub. Yeah, germs rife. That's another thing. collective, isn't it? Mm. Um but yeah, it was just that thing of like that forcing a kind of moment because we're on a hot, we're on a stilted beach hut in a hot tub, and actually, you know, the real deal happened. You know, with missionary in the family bed. You know, at mm. home. It, mm. so I've always felt the same sort of way about things. Any pressurized romantic occasions, you know, like a date night. I've always yeah. felt the same about that. That basically, it doesn't work when you sort of say, "Oh, I'm going to go out. We're going to have a really good meal." And then we're going to start making love when we get home. Because it just doesn't work. Because you're, you're, you're tired and you're full of really rich food. Yeah, so before um, you go to Harvester, have sex before. Yeah. And yeah. then go to Harvester or the buffet at Pizza Hut, which I'm personally a huge fan of. Yeah. Um, but the shagging has to happen before you go out. Because well, then you can just, like really yeah. enjoy your meal and your booze. And then you can pass out burping rather than having to do it the other way around. Because no it, one likes ice cream battery breath. Bar. Go into the toilets of the harvester yeah. and hook up there in the disabled toilet quickly and then come back, finish, get your extra portion of salad because it's free, it's unlimited, have as much salad as possible. Yes. We're not sponsored by Harvester. By <laughs> um, when does the corn on back. the cob happen? I think corn on the cob comes as part of the kind of mixed grill, I think. So that's pre or post. But honestly, Harvester, is, we're, we're talking about this because I keep getting offers from the harvester sent into my, I mean about three or four emails a week because I got the app, the Harvester app. Oh, so some people like okay. to have trendy apps, but I like to have Harvester. Harvester app, fertility app. Um, all basically, them. yeah, the harvest, if you go to the Harvester, one thing I want to say is just time how long it takes you to read the menu. Because I went with a family of, we had 15 people, and it took us an hour and a half to make our choices <laughs> because the menu <laughs> was so comprehensive and there were so many different permutations of promotions <laughs> that you could have that it was actually quite confusing. Yeah. I used an app for eight months. Mm. and was that uh, an ovulation app? Then? An ovulation app. I just thought, I'm going to start clocking when I get my period, mm. you know, when the eggy bit lands in my pants. You know, I'm mm. going to really note every detail of the month. Mm. And then by month eight, my friend just said, Kelly, you need the sex machine. Mm. And that was the ovulation clear blue machine. Oh, yes, I had one of those. And within one month of using it and using the sticks and mm. being militant about it, there was a there was a baby. Oh, so it worked. And so it turned out that I was ovulating a week later than my app was suggesting. Mm. And actually, sometimes you do need to buy a bit of kit, mm. get clinical. And, you know, no, no amount of kale juice will actually tell you when you are ovulate. But I think part of the big issue, actually, and we'll, we'll come on to this when we talk, when we come to our interview a bit later, is that... There's this illusion of control because I think we sort of feel that we control everything nowadays. Mm. You know, we do sit ups or we eat green stuff or we take a tablet. You know, we do all this stuff. And this is the one thing that is kind of totally out of your control. And I think women find that really hard to deal with Mm. um, because it's just not something that you can, you can't click your fingers and make it happen. Yeah. And it's also so life defining that it is 
a very emotive topic, I think, for people. And um, I think what's very unhelpful is when you get asked by about you know by people that don't know you very well about the state of your reproductive uh, timeline. Um, so are you going to try for a baby? Are you trying? Are you going to have another one? You know, mm. pop one out and you know give give yourself two hours, and then people want to know when you're going to have another one. Mm. And obviously, secondary infertility is quite a big deal as well because that's yeah. not often spoken about. But when you manage to conceive one and then the second time round becomes much more difficult and people sort of assume oh oh you conceived the first time everything should be fine the second and you know it isn't sometimes it's just a strange time with my friends and with social media when everyone in my group was starting to have children and some people clearly weren't you know and there was a problem sometimes I knew about it sometimes I didn't um and it's, I, I sort of found it to have a slightly chilling effect on things like Facebook, my Facebook feed, because mm-hmm. those who were having children were feeling quite self-conscious and quite sensitive about it because they knew other people were struggling. Others just, you know, quite brazenly go and post 17 pictures a day, you know, that can range from smug, look at me and my perfect family to like, oh, my children are little shit, sort of ungrateful. Yeah. All of these messages equally upsetting to someone, I think, who was, try- who, you know, who was trying. And then those who are trying just don't want to go on there anymore because they feel every time they see an image of a happy family um, or someone complaining about their bastard children that, you know, they feel even more resentful. upset and resentful about their situation. So it had a quite a strange effect, I think. And I'm yeah. not quite sure that we're all back on track, really. No. I think it put a chilling effect on social media and how we tell our stories, and um, and I don't think it's come back. We're going to cut now to the interview um, that I did earlier in the month, actually, which is with Kat Strawbridge. Who, she actually works for the Infertility Network, and she's someone who's been trying for a baby through sort of multiple fertility treatments, and Kate Meakin, who, who already has a son through IVF and is now trying for another. So I wanted, first of all, just each of you to give me a little introduction into who you are and I guess kind of what what you're doing, what you're up to. And then we will get into a bit of the nitty gritty. I mean, don't worry, I'm not going to be really going into loads of detail and stuff. But I just think for women that are listening, Mm -hmm. that have been through this journey or are still going through the journey, Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to hear your perspectives and, and what's going on. So maybe if I start with you, Kat. Yeah, okay. Um, hi. Um, thanks for doing this, because I think you're totally right. The whole point of this is to, or, you know, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing on Instagram at the moment is to make people realise that they're not on their own and there are loads and loads of other people going through it. Um, so I, I work at the moment for the Fertility Network, so the charity supporting people who are going through fertility issues. But I have been having, um, or going through fertility issues myself for six years now so a couple of months after my husband and I got married we thought we changed I changed jobs thought don't get pregnant straight away and go on maternity leave that would be really rude so we left it a couple of months and then we started and we have since then had two three fresh rounds of IVF two frozen cycles um I got pregnant with two of my fresh rounds of um of IVF but sadly miscarried kind of six to seven weeks um, and we had a bit of a thing at the beginning of this year about whether or not we would try again. Um, so we're in the middle of recurrent miscarriage clinic appointments, tests more, you know, just trying to work out what to do next. I think we are going to have one more round. I'm 40 in September. And I obviously you can get pregnant after 40. We all know this. Mm. Um, but I feel for me, after six years of doing it, hitting 40, there is a potential 
um, stopping signal there. But I can't make that decision until I'm there, to mm. be honest. I'm Kate, mm. and Kat and I actually met on Instagram. I kind of came to this community after I had my son through IVF. I actually had a natural miscarriage when my son was 11 months old. And it kind of spurred me on to kind of start a blog and talking about it. I found there was very little kind of experiences that were people were being really honest about the situation around baby loss and infertility. So I started a blog when my son was 12 months old. I'd had my first miscarriage. Um, we had him through IVF uh, first attempt, but we had various cycles of treatment before. And then we've gone on to have since two further miscarriages mm. since then. And we're still currently to trying to conceive number two. Mm. So I come from it in a bit of a different angle mm. because obviously I'm very lucky that I have conceived my son. But I'm still going through the heartache of baby loss. I'm still trying to have another baby. And I'm still trying to talk about it because I think secondary infertility can be just as painful as primary infertility. Mm. So it's just great to be part of this community and be able to do things like this. It really feels to me, like when I don't, it might be different for you that, that it's coming out into the open more now, which is only a good thing. I mean, it's like lots of things have come out, but people talking about IVF and mm. miscarriages and, you know, trying to conceive sex and all of that mm. stuff. Um, do you find that that is a, does it feel like a positive? Does it feel like that's a change, really? Definitely. So when I've, I've always been pretty open about it, to be honest. When we had our initial investigations, we kept it to ourselves. But my family knew as soon as we were starting IVF. I, where I was working at the time, I didn't tell them because I didn't want the pressure of everyone knowing. Um, but I've been very open with my friends and family. And I think over the years... There's a lot of people that have been doing that and there's a lot of kind of things bubbling under the surface that have meant that now we are reaching a bit of a wave with the whole trying to conceive kind of community and globally. Um, and Instagram, I don't know, for me has been the place that has really made that explode. Like I'm not on Twitter, Facebook, a lot of people who are trying to conceive, I think, will agree with me that it's somewhere that sometimes you can be, sometimes not. Yeah, but Instagram is just a completely different, you know, what I've found there has been completely different. Um, and on there, certainly it's very vocal and that is slowly but surely trickling into mainstream mm. as well. So which is amazing. I think it's a really good thing, personally, mm. because people who aren't dealing with it don't know what to do so the more that we talk about it the more we're helping ourselves and helping them as well I think and what about the kind of the sex aspect because the thing is that you know relationships undergo long-term relationships have lots of pressures anyway mm. you know with you know sort of stress and getting annoyed and angry with one another and fancying other people and feeling tired or work pressures all of those things what, what kind of happens to sex, do you think, when you're in that mode? Because I suppose the, almost the first part of the journey is the, the trying naturally, is The fun it? bit. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Actually, I was saying to you, that was the one bit that my husband was most pissed at me about. Right. Because he said, you know, you, we'd been together 11 years before we got married. We've been together 16 years now. And then as soon as we got married, I was like, right, I want to have a baby. And he said, suddenly, you just wanted to have sex all the time. And I think that was the bit that when we started fertility treatment, it became a lot more, he understood it had to be timed. There was a pressure to it. Blah, blah, blah. But I think he was more angry when we were trying naturally, which, like you said, should have been mm. the fun part of it. And yeah. it wasn't for us. It was more stressful, more pressure than any of the whole of our journey of trying mm. to have a baby. But that's part of the myth, isn't it? Because, I mean, there's so many things that people can say to you that are unhelpful. Helpful, but one of them might be, 
or you know that'll be fun or oh you'll have an, an interesting honeymoon mm. or you know that kind of pressure and then I suppose if you if you have got married the pressure of you know people saying so when are you when are you mm. gonna do, when's it gonna happen yeah. mm. and oh you're getting broody or you know all of that kind of thing happening um is it does it feel like it's kind of stepped so it's kind of in the initial phase which is maybe maybe is quite fun because you've not yet realized maybe that it's going to take a while or you might have to have help um how did it work for you Kat sort of thinking about those state the stages I guess of trying to have it you know I think thinking back it probably felt more kind of it was more deliberate it was a more deliberate act having sex and so there was something quite romantic about that right at the very beginning because you were kind of doing it for the real reason or you know the kind of the nature's reason um and then it does become a chore you know and I, I'll be honest like I was trying to think back to specific examples but you know I could I think you just wipe it from your mind a bit but everyone can imagine you are pe- peeing on sticks you are kind of you know exactly when you're ovulating it all becomes very timed and that time becomes very precious so you can't have a cold during that time you can't have a backache Mm -hmm. during that time you can't do any you can't be away with work you know because it's very pressured in those few days where people you're not people but where you want to have sex um and i think that since then for me personally and this is one of the fundamental issues for me as a woman I find it really difficult now sometimes, the idea of having sex, because it doesn't work. And that's really frustrating because for 20 years or however many se- many years I was having sex before that, for fun, I loved it. Mm. And if we don't have children and we're never successful, I hope that I will learn to love it again. But the difference is, is that I know that it doesn't work for its kind of fundamental reason, you know? Mm. And that's really... And that's... That's the issue around sex with me and fertility. Mm. But did you have people saying things like, or do you have people saying things like, well, do you just need to relax? You're getting too stressed about it? I think as well, I think it's your... I had a lot of people say to me, you're being too impatient. And I am quite an impatient person. I do think a lot of your personality will kind of portray how you go on that journey. Mm. And I was somebody that maybe it's how society is we're used to having everything at our fingertips now and I think maybe I was that person so when we decided to have a baby I was like well I want that baby now you know Mm. I don't want to have to wait and actually but I used to get frustrated when people used to say oh you're being too impatient but they were right we'd only been trying a few months but in my head I wanted that baby now and I think having someone with a different personality that maybe is a bit more laid back or I don't know, have a bit more understanding about how nature works, maybe that pressure's not so much on you. But definitely very unhelpful to tell somebody you're being impatient. Mm. Because whether you are or not, that's not helpful. Mm. And And then there's, I mean, there's also myths around things that you can try, aren't there? So people might say, oh, you know, put your legs in the air. I did that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. putting a cushion underneath your bum after you've had sex. Because I have a retroverted uterus as well. So we were, I'd read things where certain positions were better to conceive if you've Mm. got a retroverted uterus. Yeah. Someone said to me once that if you orgasm after sex or orgasm as often as you can, you're more likely to become pregnant, which is obviously not a bad thing to do because it probably does make it more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I don't know, there may be some science in it, but... It felt like if ever you encountered someone and you were talking about it, they'd have some secret <laughs> tip. Which is yeah. the fertility world, world. Yeah. all over. Yeah. Like, which is amazing, but also 
complicated and frustrating because you can't do all of those things, you know, yeah. even though, and everyone has advice for you, um, which is incredible, but you're like, yeah, and you get to a certain stage and you are, yeah, I've tried that. Yeah, I've tried that. Yeah, I've tried that. Mm. <laughs> and people just want to be helpful. Um, but yeah, some of the things aren't necessarily the most helpful. Yeah, being on this journey of trying, how, I mean, you said you took you took a couple of years out which mm. is, you know it's a really it's a good idea do you feel that it I mean has it brought you closer in some ways or what, what's the impact been I guess I think definitely um like we were saying before we started recording that you know I am so lucky with my husband like I'm so lucky with the relationship mm. that we've got he is the best you know but it's not without trial and but we we talk we really really do talk about stuff a lot and we're kind of not arguers we and and through this we've had to talk about it all really and we're very close we're very tactile so that's always been there whether the sex has been there or not and so we just I don't know but it, it has had an, an impact it is really difficult sometimes you know I'm not going to lie it just but you work through it if it's the right person you know hopefully you mm. can get through it together do you know of relationships that have ended up because obviously you're in a community where you've met other people mm. relationships where they have split up because of these kind of pressures um I'm sure they're probably I don't know anyone personally for us we're the same it's probably brought us closer but then having Austin also brought more problems in that there's less intimacy I still co-sleep with our son so that in itself makes it difficult when you're trying to conceive another baby and so that brings about different issues but I'm the same I feel like it just brought us closer Mm. together I don't feel like it was ever a case of we 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 fell out about it or we were both on the same page the mm. whole time and I think if you've if you've got that and you communicate and you talk about it and the sex as well my husband will openly say you know you are more motivated for sex when you're ovulated you know he will tell me that and actually that's good to hear because it makes me remind myself actually he still needs the intimacy he still needs that outside of trying for a baby because for the last five years that's all it's been about mm. and it would be lovely for that not to be our story anymore and to just get back to being us as a man and wife and we can just enjoy sex but for now that isn't the case so I don't know if you just accept that and be honest about it or I'm not sure really but we 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 have a healthy relationship because of it I don't ever feel or feared that we would split up because of it yeah part of it is that we only hear about the people certainly when people were talking to me they wouldn't say the story about the person who had 11 rounds and it didn't work. It would always be... Because people want to keep your friends, mm. whether they're going through it or not, they want to keep your optimism up. So they're never going to tell you a story where... You know, it is always the story of, like, they were just considering to adopt. <laughs> and then suddenly yeah. she got pregnant. Or, yeah. you know, mm. there's, there's always that those stories that people talk about. Whereas you don't tend to hear the ones where it didn't work at all and people just moved on. I know. And as I was saying, I was thinking, should I be saying this? But it's the reality of it, you know, and hopefully it won't be. But there's every chance it might be my reality. And I am, you know, like a normal, relevant, you know, we were talking before, you know, I'm kind of hopefully the yummy without even if I'm not the mummy. Like I'm still a normal person. I'm one of, you know, your friends. I'm one of, you know, I've got lots of friends. And I think we need to talk about all the stories, not just the this is my IVF baby, which completely has its place. And like, I'm a strong advocate. I hope Kate, you all agree, you know, of dealing with, you know, secondary infertility yeah. and all of that. My, the thing that I always say is that everyone's pain is different, but everyone's pain is valid. But I just, yeah, I feel like we need to kind of tell all the stories. I think that's true. Cause I remember posting like, I, t- I try not to do this now cause it opened my eyes. I remember posting like a picture quote of, 
you know, about fall late times and get up or whatever it was, some kind of motivational quote. And actually, a really old friend picked me up on it and sent me a message. They've been trying for 10 years to have a baby. And she said, that's almost insinuating. I haven't tried absolutely everything. It's like that you're putting out that picture that if you just keep going, I'm going to get my happy ever after. And maybe I'm not. And actually it did, I think, more, and I begged her to say, you need to talk about this because that is so true. And even I was a little bit blinded by that. You're right, we don't hear all of those stories and actually we do need to hear that because it doesn't matter how many times someone gives you a positive quote or gives you hope, the reality is that might not be the case. So you do have to talk about it and we do have to hear it as well. As painful as it is, that story needs to be told. What advice have you got in terms of just... I suppose maintaining some sort of hope, um, staying sane, so that you don't actually end up just losing your mind completely. What, what would you, if I just wrap up with you first, Kat? What would you say is kind of what? Because you are a very sane person, even if it's obviously Cute. been traumatic <laughs> and difficult. What are the things that sort of have kept you normal? I guess. When, I guess I'm a realist, you know, I do always think it can work, but I also realise that it might not. I think that my relationships are so important, like talking is just so important and helping people to understand and and not judging anyone. And by that, I mean people who don't know what to say to you because they don't know what you're going through. You know, I think I've become significantly, significantly more empathetic because of my experiences, um, which I think is a really good thing. Mm. And um, would I swap it for a baby? No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which way do I run? Um, but, you know, I just, yeah, I think that's, the sanity is like talk to people, have yeah, friends, ha- you know, have a good relationship. You have to find your community. The biggest thing for me was, it sounds a bit morbid, but to know someone, when you're losing a baby or you've had a miscarriage or you're struggling just to know someone else is struggling too it mm-hmm. sounds a bit morbid but you just need to find your community and it doesn't always have to be on such an open platform as social media mm-hmm. you don't have to announce it to the world but you have to find your community whether it's your family or your friends you, for me and what I would say to anybody is find somebody or a situation where you can talk about it and feel normal because most of the time you don't and you feel quite alone so I always say to people find find something it doesn't even have to be talking to people whether it's a hobby or whatever it is that makes you feel normal because ultimately you don't that's what you have to do it's, it's the only thing that I think will keep you sane throughout it and it doesn't have to be on such a public platform but you have to find it somehow in your life mm. I think right ladies well I want to say thank you both for coming and talking and I know that this will be a really popular episode because I know that there'll be so many women as you say more women are talking about it but I think a lot of women don't talk about Mm. it and they might be listening in and going through it at the moment and even if they can just find a support network Mm. and to know that there's other people out there is incredibly amazing so I just think it makes it feel as if you're in a bit of a community rather Mm. than just struggling on your own definitely so uh, thank you very much for coming in thank you so much yeah Yeah, it's it's been great anyway that you found that interview um, inspiring certainly if you're on that kind of journey of trying to conceive or you're having IVF um, it's quite a lonely road so I think that's why we wanted to do a podcast about it essentially because we we know that it's quite a serious crappy old um, state of affairs I wanted to talk a little bit now about um, staging sex because this is something that can happen actually when you're sort of in that trying to conceive thing where it's quite functional but you think, no, do you know what? We're going to really make a real effort. Um, 
And it's a bit like, uh, you know, you put some music on. Does anyone use any chocolate? Uh, what's that chocolate stuff that you rub body your paint. body? Chocolate, chocolate body, body paint. paint. Wow, that's a blast from the past. That's definitely <laughs> like, you get out the penis pasta on the boil. Um, no, no, but there are certain things. There's kind of candles, massage oil. There's kind of things Underwear. that you can do. Music is a big one. Um, and so first thing I wanted to ask was your kind of sexy playlist. If I can just say mine first mm. um let me guess does so, it have something to do with michael hutchins in, in excess well i would i might have that one but you know what i think because <laughs> my partner knows that i am obsessed with michael hutchins i would never put that on as music because effectively he knows that i'm thinking about michael hutchins okay. then there were three of us no in this marriage in, the, in that thing there was a month or even longer where uh color me bad Ooh, oh, he's Six you up. By the way, I hope some music agents and A and R people are listening to but like snap me up for my gorgeous then, voice. That's no, that's quite a big pacey song. Like I'm thinking, in terms of like actually having sex, you've got to keep up the speed to that one. <laughs> 120 RPM on that. Well, you know they do say that in the gym. When I'm running, for example, I can't talk. No conversation, just music. I need to listen to anything featuring David Guetta to to get my ass moving. So the, that is the Jack Russell style of shagging, isn't it? Yeah, it's got to be rhythmic, man. David Robotic. Guetta. David Guetta, get me some of that. What about yeah. it's nice, slow, sensual music? No, I don't listen to music. Oh, okay. No, I don't listen to any music because I'd worry that putting on music would mask any sounds of children crying in other rooms that would then lead to them walking uh. in. So I'd like to have a quiet house. But this is a fantasy kind of mood. So maybe it, oh, so, so yeah. maybe if Michael Hutchins was still alive or who's your favourite? Not necessarily Michael Hutchins. I like a bit of old school R&B and garage. I think that's quite sexy. But I think, you know, we're really into our 90s nostalgia. And I think it's probably music that I listened to when I was that bit younger um, that I still find kind of quite sexy. sexy. So dream scenario is that I am really, really clean. I'm bathed, I'm showered. I've got some really gorgeous, expensive, or really cheap, either end, lingerie on, and I am feeling sexy. Yeah. And then maybe a 15... Fifteen. I mean, I've got about three pubes, Anarchy. <laughs> so I don't need to do any of that. In a little plait. Yeah, in a plait with a, with a nice little uh, bead at the end. Um, <laughs> But then I would have like maybe a 16-minute Niels from piano concerto for the four-play four element. Mm -hmm. So good long mm -hmm. uh, four-play track on. And then, uh, and then I'll switch it up with a little mega mix to uh, Notorious B.I.G. Big Popper for four minutes 13 mm -hmm. radio edit, mm -hmm. which would be just enough time to have some really satisfying sex. <laughs> <laughs> Just like it. It's like he's in the room. That yeah, that's it. Notorious Burgi right here. And uh, anyway, four minutes 13 is enough time, you know, with a toddler next door to have a really satisfying track. Yeah. And then um, and then I'd finish on Mariah Carey, Dream Lover, as he skips away to the toilet to get a tissue. So does that sound really glamorous? I had one of my first snogs to the song Cotton Eye Joe at one of those balls. And you know, at one of those teenage balls, the kind of etiquette was to snog for as long as the song went on for. And it was not the radio edit, Kelly. It was like the long extended version. And it was Cotton Eye Joe playing on and on and on. He snogged like a dish. Do you remember the dishwasher snoggers that would oh, their, yeah. their tongue go round and 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 round? I think there was a few bites as well. Ooh, and this so. song, I mean, every time I hear it now, I get flashbacks to um, drinking flat coke. 
You need a nap, no cat, no. Oh, stop. Yeah, please stop. I mean, for me, setting the scene these days is basically just taking socks off. I think as long as the socks are removed, I'm ready to go. So what are we going to do for our homework this week, Hanky? Set us homework. Right. Well, I was thinking it's quite interesting homework, um, which I'm just thinking off the top of my head here, which is actually, can we all try and instigate a massage between ourselves and our partner um, and see where that takes us. And actually, if that doesn't lead to sex, like full-blown sex, that's fine. But actually, let's just try and get in touch with our partner's body, offer them a massage, get them to give us a massage. And we don't have to use the, the candle that you mentioned in the in the doodah. We could use anything. Don't use too much olive oil unless you want to smell a bit like a salad. I have done that before. Mm. It doesn't make a great lubricant either. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever done that before. But no, I but used it for perineal massage once and um, never again. Oh, you no. made it sound so glamorous there, Lisa. Perineal. Perineal. I, did, I must say, I did the perineal massage and it didn't make any difference at all. Mm. All it did was made my skin more lubricated when they sliced it down the middle. <laughs> yeah, cheers for that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, also for homework, I think just maybe be a bit mindful of what other people are going through and I'm sure you all are already but you know if someone's being a bit grumpy or not turning up to a baby shower or you know whatever just sort of think well maybe something is going on that you know I don't know about and being a bit sensitive again a friend of mine that went through it all said she really appreciated if there was some kind of invitation to a christening or a baby shower, like a separate... She liked being invited, obviously, because she didn't want to feel like the social pariah. Mm. But at the same time, she appreciated getting a message separately to say, look, I understand if you don't want to come. I know you're going through a shit time. Um, We would obviously love to have you there, but 100% understand if you don't want to come. Whatever your situation, you are not alone. Someone else is having exactly the same experiences and they will be talking about it or be part of a group somewhere. So reach out to people that are in your same situation, I would say. Mm. Right, well, thanks, ladies. Lisa, maybe you can do a little reminder of what's coming up in our next episode. So tune in next week for episode four of the hotbed it's called i hate you so much right now that's really mean i, I don't know why you have to say that to me and actually you're actually looking at me love you, you really love you really <laughs> <laughs>catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.